Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just over broke job, by investing, by having a side hustle, by being an entrepreneur, starting your own business, and all that great stuff. And today, we're going to be talking about how you can utilize your life insurance to actually get money to fund your real estate investing, your small business that you're starting up, to buy a car, to buy anything, and pay yourself back that money and make even more money. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey guys, so glad to have you here on the Successfully Unemployed show with me. Now recently, our government came out and said that the inflation rate is now at 9.1%. First, there was they said there was no inflation. Next, they said, oh, inflation's transitory, which means it's coming and going. Then, which means it'll eventually go. Then they said, okay, it's like 2%. Now it's like 5%. Okay, now you caught us. It's like 8%. Now it's 9.1%. It's just absolutely nuts. Now, I remember when, no, let me take that back. I don't remember when the interest rates were like 17% personally, but I remember my parents having that. So I'm not that old. I am a little old, but I'm not that old. But my parents, they had a 17% mortgage rate on their house that they had, their first house that they bought. It was 17%. So apparently what happened is when they were relating to me, Jimmy Carter came in and did all this junk that is just destroy the economy and inflation went up to like 15%. And in order to bring inflation back down, you know, inflation, basically you buy something today for $100. Well, tomorrow or like a year from now, it's actually going to be, you can't buy that same thing for $100 because that $100 is worth, let's say $95 or $90. Like if it's a 10% inflation rate, Next year, that $100 is only worth $90. So what they had to do back in the 70s and 80s was they actually had to raise interest rates to combat inflation. And so they raised it up to 17, like 15, 16, 17%. With that, it just really, it really rocked everything. And so it seems like that's what's going to happen soon. Interest rates are going to be going up. Now, as we're looking at interest rates going up and possibly be able to get a loan for starting our businesses to invest in real estate or whatever it might be, there are other ways to actually get money to invest. And one great way, and I would definitely just, as a side note for everything that we're talking about today, I personally believe, and that's just my own personal belief, that you need to protect your family. And this is not like a sales pitch or like a ad or anything. It's just me thinking, you need to protect your family and getting just a uh, life insurance. I don't know which type is the best. And you know, people listen to Dave Ramsey and he says this type of insurance is better. That type, of, I don't really know. I'm not an insurance broker. I just know that I want to, whenever I pass away, I want to be able to have money to leave for my family. Now I'm really blessed to have my real estate, all the businesses. So I'm passing that to my family as well. But I also have all the insurance as well that I could pass along to. So my wife won't even have to worry about working. She'll literally have all that money. Same thing, I have insurance on my wife too. So we homeschool the kids. So if she passed away, 
I need to make sure that I have money to be able to, you know, provide for, let's say if I need to put him into a private school or get tutors, or, which is probably what I'll do. I wouldn't put him in school, but uh, since we homeschool, but we'll get like private tutors coming to the house and I need to pay them because I still got work to do, you know, with all the businesses and stuff that I have. And so I suggest getting life insurance. Life insurance is really, really good. I know we were blessed. My wife, my brother and I were blessed when my mom passed away. And also when my stepfather passed away, we got some life insurance, which it definitely helped a lot with, with every type of bill. But also this is the reason why I bring up everything from the interest rates to inflation to um, all the insurance that you could possibly have is you could even borrow against your insurance. Now, I'm not the expert. I wanted to bring on somebody who is an expert that actually can show us how you can actually get life insurance that protects you and your family, like if you were to pass away, but you can also use it to fund your investing. You can borrow against it. It's a loan. You pay, basically are paying yourself back. It's it's pretty amazing. Now, I'm not the expert, like I said, so we're going to let the other experts talk about it. But today, I'm bringing on a super awesome expert. He's going to show us how we can actually use our life insurance to build our businesses as well as protect our and, and keep everything stable for our families. All right, here's Brandon Neely. He's going to show us how we can use our life insurance to build our businesses and protect our families. Brandon, thank you so much for being here, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, share with you and, and also just uh, hear more about you. You know, tell me what, what do you do now? Because I definitely need we need to get to talk about the coffee shop and uh, you shouldn't start a coffee shop, or at least that's what you, you were telling me. What do you do now to provide for yourself and your family without working that dead end job? Yeah. And just to be clear, whenever I, I did sell the coffee shop and it, it's still going to this day, still still kicking. I'm just not kicking it in there. Um, not grinding. If you if you want to do all that fun terms, Um Ultimately, when we sold that business, we were going to, my wife was seven months pregnant. She's like, you know, you need to go get a job now because somebody's going to have to pay the bills. No one's going to hire me. And um, I actually interviewed with my mentor, uh, who is my mentor now, and I asked if I could work for him. And he pretty much said no, because you're too much of an entrepreneur and you'll probably screw up my systems and everything else. I was like, great. So I can't even do this, um, which I wanted to do that because it it really affected my business and, and it, the ability to sell my business, right? Uh, because of this infinite banking system. But anyway, he ends up telling me, um, well, you can't do this. And then two months later, he comes back to me and says, I have an idea. How about you start your own business again? And your wife and you can do it together. And my wife was like, well, no one else is going to hire me. Um, I might as well do it. So then we ended up becoming, uh, going into the financial services world. Didn't realize that there's a lot of opinions about financial services, uh, like a lot. Um, all we knew was cash flow, how to manage cash flow and, and how to make sure if you're a business owner, your biggest risk is you. So we now created a, our brand called Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. The tagline was and is still sometimes intelligent skips a generation. Uh, is that? Um, and now we're kind of in a rebrand uh, to Wealth Wisdom Financial and thinking about wealth, not always about money. Money is important, but it's time with your family, right? Um, I have a four year old. I'd rather like I could make a lot of money 
but sometimes it's about, Hey, do I want to have a relationship? But you have four, four kids. I believe I see them in the back. Yep. Um, You know, sometimes it's not about making a million dollars. It's about, you know, spending that time with them. So now we work from home and do all kinds of stuff in, in our business together. So you guys do a financial services business and that provides for yourself and, and your family. That's just, that's just terrific. Now thinking about where, like getting up the nerves to actually start up a, a coffee company, then going back to work or trying to go back to work, then starting to like, was there a lot of like, did you, do you have to be more, like, it sounds like your mentor said you're more entrepreneurial. So you're going to do X, Y, and Z. Um, do you have to have that mentality in order to start and go on your own? Or would you think that somebody would be able to, you know, they're working a job, do a side hustle, eventually maybe build that up? Like, what are your thoughts about getting to the point where you can, you know, be working for yourself? Three things that I think about, and that is, uh, as you're doing your side hustle or business, uh, if you want to be your, there's two things. There's the entrepreneurs that want to be entrepreneurs, but they've never actually done anything or will do anything. And you know, those people, um, they, they want to be unemployed, if you will, um, but they're never actually going to take the plunge, right? Uh, and so when I left my uh, corporate job, uh, pretty much burned the bridges, you know, had some mentors along the way. They, they said I could come back if, I, if it didn't work out. But, um, you know, we stepped into that and you have to know that you know that you're called to something, right? Because it's going to be hard. Right. Just because you're not working for somebody else and they're telling you to clock in, you got to have the tenacity, perseverance to keep showing up to do the the stuff when it is hard, you know, when sales aren't going as well as you'd like, you know. And I want to pause for a quick second and share that honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that, accomplished that at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income, scale it to quit your job, I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets. All of that. And uh, I think a lot of people think it's just easy. You know, we look at the Instagram things and they're like, oh, yeah, I I want that that lifestyle. I'm like, "Mm, it's not always that. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, it's anytime you're going to do anything that's worth doing, it's going to be rough. It's going to be hard. You have to push through things and persevere through it. But when you do, my goodness, it just makes life so much better because the easy things, everybody has easy, easy things, but the harder things, the things that take time, that take effort, that's cost delayed gratification, you know, do things now. So you get paid in the future or not necessarily paid, but like the payoff is in the future. It very few people actually do that. 
And it's it's a, just a shame. So tell me about the financial services business, what you guys are doing now. What does that entail? Like, are you coaching people? Is it managing their money? How does that play out? Yeah, I, I look at myself more as a cash flow management specialist, right? So uh, as a business owner, uh, and this is the way the market works typically, is we want to get returns and we and we'll um, put money into Tesla and expect all of this stuff happening. But yet in our own businesses, we don't pay ourselves or we don't do the things that are going to help our businesses grow. So um, I'm a huge proponent in this thing called uh, Profit First, and it's a cash flow management system for business owners. So most of the time, if you're a self-employed um, or business owner or, or you know investor, you need to know the numbers, right? Uh, I don't know how many times you know I listen to Shark Tank and they're like, you know, you don't even know this, and and there's so much craziness that you just can learn. But they want to know the numbers, right? We as business owners can't just say, well, somebody else is going to do it for me. I mean, uh, that's helpful to have the, a team, but knowing those numbers is super helpful. And then using the tools in place that can help us do the things we want. So I'm a huge proponent in infinite banking. We're a banking yourself specialist. Um, that's what's helped us ultimately be able to sell the business use our cash value to get out of debt. Uh, when an emergency happened in the business, we were able to use it uh, for a down payment in our house. We were able to use it. Um, and then ultimately we're working to buy a um, building for our office and we're using our cash value from our policy and we are financing our own thing. So uh, everybody who's in business is in the finance business, regardless of if you're selling t-shirts or coffee, right? And so how do we take control of that or in the banking business rather? Um, and so I've learned and thought about, okay, where we put our money does different things. If I put it into something and I can't access it till I'm 59 and a half without penalty, that sucks. Uh, and as a, as a business owner, our need for capital usually outweighs uh, the long-term thing strategy for that other stuff. Not that you don't want to do that, but does that make sense? It, it sure does. And I like how you focus on cash flow. I mean, when, when I realized that I need to stop working for somebody else, I knew that I couldn't bank on, like I couldn't pay my bills with a stock that I own that was hopefully going to appreciate or go up in value. I couldn't pay my bills with that. But what I could pay with is money that came in my pocket. And so I started investing in real estate. That's literally how I was like, man, I buy one house and then I make money every single month. Like, that's amazing. And so with any business, if you focus on that cash flow, and I think Profit First is great. In fact, I did Profit First back in 2006 when I first started investing in real estate. I had no idea what that was. I just knew I needed to make money to provide for my family. And so it's like, I just make sure my pay myself a profit. Now, I, I quickly want to touch on, I love the idea, and I really want to get your opinion on how do we not have financial education and financial like, like uh, wisdom skip a generation? Because I love the tagline because 
I'm hoping, and I'm really educating my kids. My kids, I'm not going to literally give them money, give them things. They're going to have to work in the business. But have you really thought through, or what are your thoughts about how do we make sure it doesn't skip a generation that we could pass this to our kids and then we can help them to learn how to pass it to their kids? I have a four-year-old, right? So he has a bank that's save, um, give, and spend, right? And there's different things that, that you can do as you're just educating your kids. And, and most people don't even think about it. Um, one example, I was at a trade show kind of thing, or one of those things where you, there's a lot of vendors out and, and you can make like deals. And, uh, and I was talking to my wife, I said, never pay full price. Always say that's too much. And, and, um, make sure that you, you lowball a little bit, you know, play the game. And, um, so my son has 20 bucks, he's four years old. Right. And he has $20 and he goes, looking at all the toys, touches every toy. And he finds this little Iron Man toy and, and he goes to the guy and he says, how much is it? And the guy says, $3. First thing out of his words, his mouth was, that's too much. Puts it down, starts walking away. I love it. (laughs) And I was like, where did he get that? And I didn't realize he's listening to me in the back seat. Right. And he ends up getting it for $2 he, because my wife's like, well, say counter offer, right? Say $2. So he made a 33% savings because of negotiating. Now I didn't even realize I was teaching them at that point, you know, but those things matter. Right. And not just giving your kids a huge death benefit because this kid's going to be super wealthy because of the things I'm doing, but how do you educate them about the flow of money. How do we talk to them about it and not just wait until they're 21 or 18 or whenever, but start early. And I have a podcast, so I'm, I'm kind of writing content in that he things that he might pick up one day. I'm hoping with my podcast, I love that. Eventually I'm not saying they're going to do it. Hopefully they will. They can go back and listen. Hey, what did daddy think about this topic? What did daddy do here? Because I mean, we're able, and I, I don't journal. I hate journaling. So this is a better way. I can't way. read like, my own writing. So that's why go. I don't journal. <laughs> so now I'm able to coach, obviously lots of people, but in the future, I literally have all this stuff for my kids. So I'll, I'll, I want to mention two things about what you just said. Number one, I love the idea of teaching them how to negotiate. I have not done that yet. In fact, that's one of my favorite things is to negotiate. I love negotiating. Like, helping my students. So I coach people how to invest in real estate. I had a student, he's a pastor up in Sacramento. He doesn't mm-hmm. have any money, but he knows he needs to start investing. So he doesn't have to always be a pastor. He has a house though that had a lot of yeah. equity. So we, I coached him. He took a home equity line of credit, took that cash, went and bought a house with it over in Ohio. With that house, he took, like it was $80,000. We bought it. I wow. think we got it for $78,000, but they were originally asking a hundred and like $18,000. So we negotiated all the way down to like uh, like 78,000. Now we fix it up. Now it's worth 150,000. Then he has it. Remember, he uses home equity credit, yep. paid it with cash. It still has his balances on home equity credit. Now he's refinancing that second house, pulling that out and then yep. paying off this home equity credit. So now he has a mortgage and it's making him money. But it was that negotiating thing. I was like, "Man, I need to teach my kids that because this yeah. is my wife hates negotiating. She cannot do it. She clams up. She hates it. But I got to teach my kids that. So I love that. I'll give you one other thing. I love that you you the the giving and savings and spending. 
we added one extra one for us is we give 20% or we have the kids, any bit of money that they get, 20% goes to mommy to pay for mm-hmm. food, pay for electricity, pay, pay for responsibilities. Like I, just because I make money doesn't mean I get to spend it all. So yep. 50% goes into savings, 10% goes to God, 20% goes to mommy, the other 20% they get to save to spend on whatever they want. So what are your thoughts about doing something like that? It's taxes. That's teaching them taxes, right? Um, because what, what we don't realize as adults or in general, I mean, I had my, my niece who's 18. Um, she was all mad at mad because she got her, her first job. They didn't pay her for two weeks. So she was upset about that. I'm like, well, that's not, that's how it works. Welcome to adulting. Um, and on top of that, she's like, uh, this isn't exactly what I, I thought it was going to be a little more. And I was like, well, that's called taxes. Uh, and so even with ice cream and, you know, things like that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, here's a tax. Uh, but the, the power that I think with like the infinite banking or, or those kind of concepts is saying, okay, if money's going to flow out of your hands, how can I use that money in the meantime to create an asset? So I want to teach him how to, to capture the wealth before it leaves your hands. Right. In some regard, that's that's kind of like using equity line of credit, using a policy, uh, because as business owners, um, we want to have a higher tax bill. Like literally, I, I, I want my taxes to go up. Um, I don't want to pay them, but uh, that means I'm more successful. Yeah, 100 percent agree. And with that, if we were to say, you know, focus on a cash flow, we have a business, say we have a side hustle, we have a, a small business that's moving forward. How do we then, because thinking about making sure that we're paying ourselves first, like that's one of the best, biggest things we should do. Is there any tips or any things that you could think of that we should start implementing now to make sure we're making profit for ourselves? Yeah, I think it's all like the percentage model, reading that richest man in Babylon. I think you mentioned that in a previous podcast. Uh, 10% of all all you earn is for you to keep. Savings is different than investing. So if you're in real estate, right, having those savings components just in case something goes wrong is is important, right? Um, And so know those numbers. Do the percentage model versus just numbers of saying, I'm going to save 200 bucks. Well, if your income grows, you want to save more, right? Uh, And so learning those percentages uh, and then understanding not everything that comes into you as a business is is yours, right? Uh, That's why people get into trouble is because they didn't account for it. And then then all of a sudden the tax bill comes due. And they're like, uh-oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. So the, the profit first method is like, you know, 50% is owner's pay, 30% OPEX, 5% profit, 15% to taxes, right? Um, that's for a traditional business, right? There's another book called Profit First for Real Estate Investors that, you know, makes a little tweaks to it. But what I like is in, in my system... I combine profit first and then one of my banks, if you will, just happens to be my life insurance policy that I'll use uh, to do certain things like buy a building. Thinking of infinite banking, and so what basically infinite banking, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you basically get a life insurance policy that you put money into and then you could borrow against that and utilize that that cash. Now, I do 
I, I, you're a professional, so you'll definitely be able to handle this question pretty quickly. Um, Dave Ramsey is, there's a lot of people in this financial space. Dave Ramsey is definitely a very loud voice and he doesn't like infinite banking. He basically says you're, you're overpaying and then you're just borrowing that money back. What are your thoughts about that type of thinking and how is infinite banking really can it actually help us? Yeah, I think that, uh, he says that like infinite banking is stupid and you know how he does all that. And here's the thing. It's not always right for everybody, right? For a real estate investor, I think hands down, it's like one of the best things to do because one is if you are self-employed or a business owner, you are your greatest asset. You would, uh, from an insurance perspective, you would um, insure a cash machine, right? Like that's hundred percent, right? And renting versus owning, we would rather own than rent, right? So whole life insurance is renting or owning, right? Whereas term insurance is renting. And the what I like is I love to have as the power of a contract, being able to know my numbers, know my um, if it's lean, I can I can lower my policies premium amount. That's why you want to work with a specialist that knows how these policies work, not just a state farm agent, right? So being able to know the cash flow of your business. So it works really well with real estate because you might have a windfall, right? That comes through and then you put it through the policy and then 5% simple interest, you know, that it's a loan from the uh, insurance company given to you and, and the collateral is the policy, right? So it's kind of like a HELOC, right? Same thing, except instead of the house being the the collateral, it's part of your policy. And then if you died, they're just going to subtract that uh, loan from the death benefit. And so your heirs, you know, you might have a tax bill that you never paid, but you paid it through the policy and they, they've effectively never paid taxes, possibly. I love not having to pay taxes or at least deferring it or figuring out ways to not pay taxes. So when you pay into that policy, is that pre-tax money or is that after-tax money? Yeah. So here's here's one of the things I don't like about paying taxes in the future. Uh, and this is just a question I always ask. Um, would you ever get into business with somebody where they make the terms of service in the future? They'll tell you the terms later. No. Do you think taxes are going to go up or down in the future? <laughs> Always up. So Get the taxes. That's all you're guaranteed in life. So is it better to pay taxes now or later? So for me, I like to pay my taxes now, right? Because then I know with, with a business, I want to know anything. I can mitigate any kind of risks and all of that. So paying your taxes now, that's why the Roth is so powerful, right? But uh, the Roth is already already like at a max, right? As if you're a rich person, you can't buy a Roth, right? Um, they call the infinite banking concept a uh, rich man's Roth, right? So you can put more in and you just want to build the right policy. So when I first started my policy, when I had the coffee shop, it was like 400 bucks a month. That was it. That's all I could afford for uh, each, both of us. And that was a lot for a coffee shop, but we were able to use it and now I have a policy that is uh, 50,000 a year, right? Qu- quite a bit bigger, but it just changes. If you're in real estate, you know, there's bigger, bigger 
chunks coming through uh, than a coffee shop, if that makes sense. No, it sure does. Uh, so if we were to use utilize the infinite banking model to buy real estate, we would borrow against it. And it, it just sounds like we're going to be able to pay a lot less in, but, but at the same time, we still have to have, uh, you know, paid into it. Correct. Like, is there, yeah. Okay. Got it. So there's, there's limitate, a little bit of limitations, meaning like you can't just get a loan for whatever dollar amount you have to have a balance in there for that as well. So is there any nuances that we should know if we're going to be utilizing the infinite banking for our business or real estate investing or anything like that? Working with somebody who knows and understands how business works and the cash flow. Right. That's the power of this is you might have certain things or if you're selling or uh, you're doing fix and flips, lots of things go through your hands. So how do you capture that before it's gone? Right. So you want to like think through strategically as a business owner, how do we then have that that bigger need for capital? And as you can use that, uh, that's why the rich and they, they call this like um what the billionaires do or the rockefellers do right um they kept it in the family right so so starting to think legacy thinking about the kids uh my son is going to be so set um compared to me um and it it starts you know like if i'm starting at 400 bucks a month it's going to take a little longer but you know as you grow you end up leveling up right as a business owner uh and saying okay I didn't think I would be doing this kind of a thing. And you get to go from uh, maybe single family homes to commercial real estate because it's, it's a bigger game, right? Thinking through, okay, where do we start? And you can start multiple policies, right? But you don't want to create a policy that's too big, right? You also don't want to create one that's too small, right? <clears throat> so that's something that, um, making sure you have the right person that helps you implement this into your overarching strategy. Cause all it's meant to do is kind of be a placeholder. I want people to not just put it in there and forget about it, but how do you then use it uh, to advance? Right. Cause it, again, the way I kind of think about it is uh, it's for my retirement. It's tax free retirement. Right, that I that I know I'll, I'll have that will not be uh, counted as income, the way that I I design it, and older me is giving present me a loan, so I want to make sure I'm paying myself back, being a good banker to myself, and then I redo it again. I love that idea, and yeah, it's so when I teach people how to invest in real estate, there are many tools to get financing. It could be getting a loan, using a home equity of credit. Private money, infant banking is another one. So, Matt, Brandon, you give us lots and lots of great advice. I know people are going to definitely check out your podcast as well as find you online. How would they be able to do that? Yeah, they go to Wealth Wisdom Financial. That's uh, our uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we have a podcast as well. Um, and then there's a download that we have called the Still Method, stillmethod.com. So it's, uh, and you could totally use this, but the still method is set your sites, track your in and out, inspect your progress, look for 1% adjustments and live deliberately. It's kind of like a spiritual practice that we've thought about, but with money. Uh, and so still method is just a way to think through cash flow, 
Right. Um, and then if, if anybody wants to like really dive in, cause I do think it has its place. It, it isn't just the one thing, but you again, do your math. People don't just, people oftentimes say, well, somebody else will do it. And I'm like, well, no, actually calculate if I pay for cash with it, what's the discount. If I use a policy loan, it, it just gives more opportunities. So Man, thank you, Brandon, so much for giving us so much great advice. I really appreciate you being on the show, man. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. I I love being unemployed. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. (laughs) 